to Women Who Lead. I'm Ann Thomas. On this edition of Women Who Lead, you'll meet four of this year's 2023 Women Who Lead honorees, an Ascension Medical Group cardiologist, the president of Gardner White, the owner of the Peacock Rooms in Detroit, and the founder of George Gregory, a men's clothing store in Corktown. An interesting and informative show coming up next. Welcome to Women Who Lead. I'm Ann Thomas. To kick off this edition of the show, we welcome Dr. Nishta Serene. Dr. Serene is an interventional cardiologist at Ascension Medical Group in Saginaw, and she is the woman behind a major effort at Ascension to address cardiac care for women. Dr. Serene, thank you for joining us today and congratulations on being named one of our 2023 Women Who Lead nominees. Thank you, Anne. It's my absolute pleasure. Dr. Serene, talk a little bit just about your career, why you decided to go into medicine, and specifically interventional cardiology. Um, thanks, Anne. So while growing up, um, I saw a lot of disease around me uh, affecting both males and females. However, predominant was heart attacks and heart disease, heart failure. And very early on, uh, when I was uh, perhaps even eight years old, I had my mind wrapped around this, that I wanted to do interventional cardiology um, and treat these conditions. Um, but the more I dived into it, the more I read about it, the more I studied through my med school and then my cardiology training, my interventional training, and then master's in public health, I realized how there is so much disparity between the way care is delivered to women versus men. And that's how I started to dedicate my uh, time as an interventional cardiologist to conditions that affect women disproportionately. Talk about the work that you have done with women and for women. So um, with women, um, as a part of our Society for Cardiovascular Angiography Interventions, American College of Cardiology, there are so many wonderful, talented women physicians um, who are pretty predominantly scarce compared to um, you know men in interventional cardiology who are doing really really good work. So I've learned a lot from them and they have pushed me forward. Uh, we are very fortunate to have such women uh, who are developing these programs across the country. Um, however, when it comes to for women, um, what we have uh, materialized here um, as at Ascension is coming up with women heart clinics, not just one clinic that takes care of individualized care for women, looking at their risk factors, because diabetes, hypertension is different in women compared to men. When it's a heart attack, it presents differently in women. You, they may not have the classic Hollywood chest pain, chest pressure, going to the jaw, going to the arm. Um, the risk factors, for example, having early menopause, having a hysterectomy before the age of 40, having eclampsia, preeclampsia during pregnancy are significant risk factors for heart attack and heart disease. Um, these conditions do not typically get screened aggressively in routine practice. And these women's heart clinics focus on all of them and take care of women and provide them the resources that they deserve. Um, what we have done different here is that we have established four clinics over the course of 18 months. Mm -hmm. And the reason for it is to make sure that the healthcare is accessible to women. It's not luxury, but it's a necessity. And it's at their doorstep. Talk a little bit about these clinics, four clinics over 18 months, all directed toward women. That's amazing. 
Thank you, and we are very proud of it. And um, it has helped us accomplish one of the critical goals, um, and that is about generating awareness among women. There are studies that tell us that when you ask women what's the most common cause of death, most of them still think it's breast cancer. And heart disease kills six times more women than breast cancer. It kills more women than all cancers combined. So one of the issues was to have, have women come out and get screened for risk factors for heart disease. By having these four clinics established at every end of Michigan, we have one up north in Saginaw, we have another one in St. John Hospital, third one is in Borges, and the fourth one is in Novi, Ascension Providence Park. So these areas, we are able to focus on women in those areas, do our screening in our mobile unit, make them aware of their risk factors, and treat them aggressively. Dr. Serene, I have heard some testimonials from women who have thanked you personally for helping them discover a heart problem. Talk a little bit about that. So, and there are certain conditions that affect women disproportionately compared to men. Um, and we're learning more about it from our European colleagues. Um, some of those are microvascular dysfunction, and the other one is POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Um, these conditions need specialized, individualized diagnostic plan and care. Um, and a lot of times the symptoms that women have are very similar to those of anxiety. And these women get labeled with anxiety, they end up in mental hospitals. 77% of women who have microvascular dysfunction are on disability. It takes almost seven physicians to diagnose a woman correctly with POTS. And these are the conditions that women heart clinics focus on. And these women, once they get diagnosed and they know what their problem is, how they have to deal with it, it makes a tremendous difference in their lives. They're able to maintain jobs. They're able to be productive for the society. Do you recommend that all women who are experiencing unusual symptoms take a look at going to a women's heart clinic instead of just a regular cardiologist, Dr. Serene? I would say that the most important thing is what's closest to you. Where are you able to follow up regularly? That's one thing. And if a women heart clinic is closest to you, then perhaps going to that center where they are equipped to deal with conditions that disproportionately affect women would be the best plan. And how can people get a hold of you at Ascension if they are interested in learning more about all the work that you're doing for women? The easiest way is to just look for Ascension Women Heart Clinic. And there is on our website, you put in your phone number, you put in your name. Within 24 to 48 hours, our office calls you back and they get you an appointment. Dr. Nishta Serene, interventional cardiologist at Ascension Medical Group in Saginaw. Thank you so much for joining us today and congratulations. Thank you, Anne. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me here. You are listening to Women Who Lead. Coming up next, you'll meet another amazing 2023 Women Who Lead honoree. We'll be back right after this. We now welcome Rachel Stewart to Women Who Lead. Rachel is the president of Gardner White and a 2023 Women Who Lead honoree. Welcome to the show, Rachel, and congratulations. Oh, thanks for having me. Rachel, talk a little bit about your career, how you decided to join the family business. Oh, well, let's see. Well, so my career, I guess I've had, I think, you know, everyone in life gets a couple of acts, so I'm I'm two in at this point. Um, I was in the clean energy sector for a while, which was great, and I think 
I had a ball, and I will say, if you are going to join a family business, I think it's really important to have done something else first with bosses that aren't mom and dad. So I did that, um, and then it was I was at a point where I was going to go either start my own company or you know figure out what was next. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I I didn't feel like I knew enough about business, so I thought, and there was so much happening in Detroit. So I thought, you know, who better to teach you than your parents? Um, and also, there was so much happening here that I thought it was an exciting moment to move back back to Michigan. So here I am. And, you know, you've climbed to the top of the business. You're the president of Gardner White. How did you do that? <laughs> you know, it's always in a family business, like, watch out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> by, by tomorrow, you could be something doing something very different, oh, depending on funny. the need. Um, it's true. Um, so I think, I mean, I think, I think in anything, it's really important, you know, find something you love and lean in. And I'm lucky in that I really like retail. I really like what we do. I really like working with our team. I really like the product. Um, so that's that's it, right? I really like everything we do in the community. To me, that's fun. So I think, like everything, it's it's fun. It's just what we do. Well, Gardner White, Michigan's number one furniture and mattress retailer, and I have a feeling, Rachel Stewart, you are behind <laughs> this. You are the person driving this company so that we all know about Gardner White these days. <laughs> What are some of the things that you did when you joined the company to kind of make a big difference? Well, I think, you know, I think in any business, it almost doesn't matter what it is. It's really about the people and the positions and empowering them to, you know, make make choices and make the right one. Sure, right. So I think I've really focused a lot on that. Um, and it's really fun. I mean, on the product side, we have these two fabulous buyers who are both, you know, when I, I will boldly say when you're selling furniture, you are mostly speaking to a female audience because that's who's driving change in the household. Um, so we have these two fabulous buyers with just great fresh eyes. So the product's just just fun. Um, and I think, you know, because of that, we're doing, um, we're just, you see a lot of innovation on the floors. So that's been fun. We have a great presence of sales who, you know, is nothing if not aggressive with it, understands this dynamic um, understands consumers. So I think, you know, working with her is a ball. So I, th- I think it's just having the right people around um, to to keep driving this business forward. The other thing about you, Rachel Stewart, is that you have a very big heart for the community <laughs> and for being a part of the community and helping the community. Mm-hmm. Can you talk yep. a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I think, I mean, it's not just me. I would say that was, that was our company ethos well before I was here, but I think we definitely run with the ball. Um, I mean, and a few things. I mean, one, I think it's just good for business. You know, we yes. we are now the only place really to buy furniture where we are owned and operated here. And I think that does make a difference. But it also means we're only as healthy as the city around us. Um, so I think, you know, like you, you need to lean in and be part of be part of that. Um, so we are in a lot of ways. But I think also, I mean, you know, this is because this is where we all live and work. We want the communities to be strong. So I think in so many things, I think the the trick is really finding ways where you can sort of flex your muscles and do more with your unique assets. And for us, it's all about finding, you know, finding those partnerships that really make sense where we can have an outsized impact. And, and one fun. of the one of the biggest sponsorships for you, I think, is America's Thanksgiving Parade in Absolutely. Detroit. Talk a little bit about that. That's awesome. I mean, that's like the best day ever. Um, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it is. It's just, yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's just yeah. fun. I mean, yeah. especially last year, the sun's shining. There's an unprecedented number of people downtown. Uh-huh. But I think what's, I mean, among the many things I like about it is first, it brings families together. And I think anything we do, that's really our thing. I mean, we're, we're all about the home and we're all about making the home just 
easy and more functional and more beautiful, but it's all about just feeling good in your home when with your family. So anything that brings families together, that's where Gardner White is. And I think the parade is so unique um, because I think there's so many Metro Detroiters that feel st- so strongly about it. And it's such a diverse group that you see lining the streets. Um, to me, that makes it just really special. Um, but then we, you know, we do other things too. Like we've also, I'm really proud to say we've had a longstanding partnership. I think we're in 23 or 24 years with the American Red Cross, where we wow. have the biggest blood battles outside of Michigan, Michigan State blood battle. Um, so there's a lot. I think it's just finding, finding your thing and really leaning in and doing that well. You know, you also serve on other boards around mm-hmm. the area. I mean, you are yeah. very busy, but you must have a commitment to that too, Rachel Stewart. I think I always say that's my version of fun. Um, yeah, and I mean, and I and I mean that. I mean, you know, I, I had a background in, you know, economic development and technology before. So you know, you like you like like to work those muscles a little. Um, but also, I think you know, it's again, it's I'm, we're all in on Michigan. So let's do everything we can to make it to make it the best place it can be. And there's, I mean, there's so much already, but there's also just so much potential that it's fun to play a role in that. And also, frankly, I have little kids who doesn't care about the world world around them when you're looking at your little people That's and right. where they're going to grow up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. What kind of advice do you have for young women who are interested in kind of climbing the ladder in business and getting ahead? What would I say? I think the biggest thing is find something you really like and are good at um, and, and to focus on that. I think, you know, we have, a, especially when you're starting your career, you have illusions of what it's going to be like. And I, you know, that's not that's not always how the world plays out. So I think it's finding something you love and then just, just taking every opportunity that presents itself before you because there's so many so many steps along the way that one could have never anticipated when they're making a plan. So just take advantage of those. And then I should say the other really good advice I got early in my career is to advocate for yourself. You know, someone with a, a long time um, uh, president of a search firm said, like, you're the only one who's waking up mm-hmm. worrying about your next job or your next move. Maybe your parents, but really it's you. So don't be afraid to advocate for yourself and remind people you think you're being annoying. You're really just keeping something top of mind because no one else is thinking about how am I going to grow, you know, so-and-so's career every day. So get out there. That's great advice. Rachel Stewart, president of Gardner White and one of our 2023 Women Who Lead honorees. Congratulations again, Rachel, and keep up the fabulous work, both with the company and in our community. We really appreciate it. You are listening to Women Who Lead. Coming up next, we'll talk to Rachel Lutz, the woman behind the Peacock Rooms in Detroit. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Women Who Lead. I'm Ann Thomas, and I'm here now with Rachel Lutz. Rachel is one of our 2023 Women Who Lead honorees. Rachel, it's great to have you in the studio, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I know you are the owner of the Peacock Room. I should say the Peacock Rooms, but you have other stores, (laughs) women's clothing stores here in the city of Detroit. Tell our listeners a little bit about your business. Sure. So we have two locations of the Peacock Room. One is in the magnificent historic Fisher Building, uh, and the other, the first Peacock Room, is still in the Park Shelton, which is another beautiful historic building right next to the Art Museum. And the brand of the Peacock Room has been really known for for the vintage-inspired classic traditional look 
And we also had women who that wasn't their jam. They were more funky, artsy, bohemian, modern. So for those women, we also branched out into Yama, which is more modern contemporary, and Frida, which is more casual bohemian. So these are mostly women's apparel, though we do have a big gift selection. Um, And we're known for carrying sizes 0 to 24, all life stages, all proportions. So we kind of model ourselves after the Hudson's model, which a lot of people miss. Which is really interesting. Now, Yama is here in the Fisher Building. Yama's in the Fisher Building. The doors, uh, right across from the Fisher Theater doors, which, of course, were always open before theater performances. So before you catch a show at the Fisher, you can always swing by and see us. And Frida is... Frida is right next to the Detroit Institute of Arts. And it's named Frida because Frida Kahlo used to live in the building in the early 30s with Diego Rivera when he was painting his frescoes. Yama is another historic reference to Detroit, named after Minoru Yamasaki, the architect who left a big footprint here. And the Peacock Room also is a historical reference. It used to be here in Detroit, originally painted in London, brought to Detroit, and now it's in the Freer Gallery in Washington, D.C. So you really are a woman who leads in the women's clothing business here in Detroit. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> that's that's very humbling because Detroit has such an amazing retail heritage. Um, I've been doing this now for 12 years. We're approaching our 12th anniversary. Um, I started the business maxing out the last $1,500 of a credit card. Uh, I was unemployed for a year and a half. You entrepreneurs. I, uh, we, we crazy risk takers. I mean, you you really have to be somewhat out of your mind to, you know, they, they don't, they say like, oh, you just dip your toe in the water. No, you really just push yourself off a cliff. Um, so I've been doing it for 12 years. We've made it through three years of queue-line construction uh, and grew grew despite that. And then three years of COVID and we're still chugging along, uh, serving people passionately. So it's exciting. So why did you decide to go into the women's clothing business? What's the background on that? That's a great question, Anne. Um, I hate shopping and I don't like the, and I don't like the fashion industry. So none of this makes logical sense at all. Um, But really, these stores were my protest (laughs) to what modern shopping has become. Uh, You you walk into stores nowadays that are owned by shareholders, not even families anymore. Um, And, you know, the emphasis around efficiency and they've sucked all the pleasure, all the joy out of what shopping used to be. And I, especially as a plus size woman, I really feel and and felt, uh, especially as a high school kid, really excluded from the mall environment, from boutique environments. A lot of boutiques only carry up to size large or extra large. Um, So we wanted any woman or any person to come in, find what they need. It's really just, you know, the core tenet of of retail is service. And part of service is making everyone feel included. And I really wanted a space where any woman could come in. Um, You know, we've dressed women. Oh, my gosh. We've dressed women in the same week for theater bazaar and a Jewish Orthodox (laughs) wedding. We have things that are racy and sheer. We have things that are modest and high cut. We have things that are, you know, we've dressed high school women for homecoming. We've dressed, uh, we recently dressed a woman for her 99th birthday, a 75th wedding anniversary, um, first date night, their actual wedding day. So we really wanted to just serve. And I think that's really kind of been the key to our success too, is um, really making sure everybody feels included. Oh, I think so too. You know, when I shop at your stores, I feel 
like people want to help me find something. I always find something, but I really Sometimes do. more than you expect. Well, yeah, yeah, that is kind of an issue. But um, I really feel like people are there to help me, to dress me. Because I yes. would like some advice when I'm shopping for clothing, especially if I'm by myself. So fellow, fellow business owners, listen to me carefully. <laughs> the biggest key to your success is really the people you surround yourself with. And I have, I'm so lucky to have the most amazing team. We call our customers peacocks and we actually refer to my team as the fairies because Uh they really are magical. And we really want people who work for our team to be very passionate about dressing women. When when I was in high school, um, I worked at Nordstrom to pay my way through uh, you know high school and like early years of college at Wayne State, and I learned from women who retired after decades at Jacobsons, Hudsons, Himmelhoes. Right. Um, oh, they had wow. quite the resume. So. Um, I wanted to find that. I wanted to find those other women who were just as passionate about helping other women feel great about themselves. And I really feel very fortunate to have them. Now, how did you make it through COVID? I mean, people weren't out and about and you have four stores in Detroit. <laughs> I have four stores. We employ 20 women. Um, it was a lot of pressure. It was a lot of stress during COVID to figure out how to keep this all going and how to keep serving our customers and keep the amazing team that we had. Um, we eventually, uh, well, I went into Facebook Live and... <sighs> Uh, you know, if people aren't going to come to you, you go to them. So thankfully we had the loyalty, the deep loyalty before COVID started. So when it hit, we had people who wanted to see us come back and stay in the communities that we serve. So we went on Facebook Live. I think last year we sold over $100,000 through Facebook Live. That's amazing. It's incredible. And it doesn't just... It doesn't just uh, give us the revenue. It brings the foot traffic, which, you know, our neighbors in the Fisher Building, we love that we can bring foot traffic to them, to the neighborhoods, to local restaurants. Um, And we love that we can continue serving people. But we also love, love, love that those live shows, it's not like a traditional e-commerce where you just click on a photo. It's very static. Something in a plastic bag shows up at your door with a barcode and you have a, I will say, 40 to 80% chance of returning it. So I'm not <laughs> sure how much time that saved you. Um, but really very what it true. gave people was was what they get in a retail environment, which is human connection. It gives them interaction. It gives them a connection to another person. So, you know, you don't just get to shop. You get to listen to me sing horrible karaoke. You get to listen to my horrible dad jokes. You get to, (laughs) you know, learn stories about the artists that I buy things from and pass on to you. Um, And my travels of where I go to find all these extraordinary finds that you can find. Where do you go? I've been as far away as China to the Pearl Market. I've been to England for vintage sterling. Um, I regularly go to, I'm going next week to Dallas. I go to Chicago, Vegas, New York, LA. Um, I don't buy anything for the store online. I see and I feel it in person. And especially with clothing, that makes a huge difference. You don't know the, the texture of a fabric, the amount of stretch, how it lays. And that's why we have such an extraordinary success rate in the fitting room is when you come in, right. we vetted everything ahead of time. What are some of the trends in women's clothing that you are seeing for the rest of this year and the new year? Anything interesting that you like? So 
I try not I try not to pay too much attention to trend. Interesting. Um, we are I want to say an anti-trend store. It's always good to look current. Sure. Um, but we try to focus on what excites us and what looks good on a variety of women. There are a lot of women who will follow, you know, they'll follow Instagram or they'll look on TikTok for whatever the trends are. And then like in a year or two, it looks a little dated. So the Peacock Room is known for the more traditional, tried and true, body-friendly styles. Um, I do follow trend in terms of maybe color. I get excited by certain colors. I get excited by certain flattering cuts. Um, But when I look for my like trend forecast when I buy, I go to the DIA or I go Mm. to a DSO concert or I take a nature walk out at Kensington or in my own neighborhood near Eastern Market. So I follow the trends of whatever my my brain is feeding me through what I'm seeing, hearing, feeling. Um, but I do think that there has been an overall trend since COVID to dress more for yourself, dress more, more casual, comfortably, right? more casually. But our gown and cocktail selection actually has been off the charts, um, probably because a lot of the department stores are pulling back their inventory. But we've actually noticed that women are wanting to look less invisible I think that as we're re-entering, we're re-entering the workspaces, we're re-entering our social circles, and a lot of us are done, you know, kind of hiding at home, and we want to re-enter the world. And I think as we're doing that, we're we're seeing more of a demand for statement pieces. There's that whole, um, there's an overall trend of, you know, beige, gray, taupe, you know, cream. And what we're noticing is that our ladies want more like sequins, feathers, uh, you know, that's awesome. like fun really? colors. And, and yeah, and you can mix those with your neutral wardrobe. So it's a great way to, you know, take those casual pieces that we were wearing at home and start wearing them out again in new, exciting ways and to really just get back out in the world. And that's what I'm seeing. That's awesome. Are you optimistic about doing business in Detroit and the city of Detroit? <laughs> How are you feeling about that? Absolutely. I mean, I started this business in 2011 in Detroit when a lot of people asked me, why would you open a business in Detroit right now? Why would you open a brick and mortar in any market right now? And, you know, why would you open a a store that sells, you know, dressier things when women just want to wear pajama pants and flip flops outside the house? And I think the fact that we've grown to four stores uh, and we've been around for 12 years now says that there is a demand and there's a demand in Detroit. Uh, Detroit is an underserved retail market. And uh, I'm a third generation Detroit retailer. I'm a fourth generation Detroit business owner. There was no other option for when I wanted to start my business. There was no other no other alternative place I wanted to look other than Detroit. Mm. And I really feel like I made the right decision. What I really appreciate about you, Rachel Lutz, is that you make women feel good, no matter the size, no matter the look. You want them to walk out of your stores and feel, I look really good today. I I get high off of that. I that's my dopamine <laughs> every day. I uh, you know we we say we don't just sell stuff on a shelf. We really we really serve a community need and um, nothing makes me happier than to see somebody walk out taller and prouder than when they walked in because they feel amazing because what they're wearing on the outside has then spread to their inside and it makes them smile. It's so gratifying to see a woman step out of a fitting room to show you a dress she's trying on and she's practically twirling in it. Aww. We That's when we know that we've, you know, we've hit the right note. So it really is gratifying work and it seems... It seems very humble to, you know, sell clothing, but really 
I love that we offer self-confidence. We offer um, just that, that serotonin that some people need just to get through the day when they step out of the house. And that's exactly why you're one of our 2023 Women Who Lead honorees. So congratulations and thanks for coming to the studio today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We'll be back right after these messages. You are listening to Women Who Lead. I'm Ann Thomas. In 2016, Caitlin Riney moved to Detroit after attending school and working in Chicago with a dream of opening up her own shop. After a course with Build Institute and the right space coming along at the right time, her men's clothing shop, George Gregory, opened in Corktown. Caitlin is on the line now. She is one of our 2023 Women Who Lead honorees. Caitlin, welcome to the show and congratulations. Thank you, Anne. I'm so honored to be nominated. So, Caitlin, tell us more about this story. You moved to Detroit in 2016. You've always wanted to open your own shop. Give us some more details. Absolutely. So, yeah, I left um, high school and moved to Chicago to attend DePaul University. And after DePaul, I got a job with Clear Channel, which is now iHeart doing radio sales. And while I worked there for two years, the job did not fulfill me. But when I looked back, I was so fulfilled by the community that I got to engage with and also noticed that everyone was asking me for fashion advice, which has been a theme in my life for a long, long time, but never anything that I expected to do for a living. It was just a hobby that I enjoyed and advice I enjoyed giving. Um, So that pipe dream kind of turned into, I think I can make this a career. Uh, And I decided to move back home and spent a year working and collecting money um, outside just various jobs in order to figure out what type of retail space I was going to open. And therefore, a year later, George Gregory was created. How did you land on men's clothing? It's so interesting. I know a lot of people when they come in my store and they realize it is a women-owned business selling men's clothing. They (laughs) They ask a similar question, but... I spent the year I spent uh, my first year in Detroit, the year I spent at home, I used so much of my time talking to anyone and everyone that I could from residents in Detroit to business owners to people at restaurants on what type of retail needed to happen in the city. Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, probably 85 to 90 percent of responses were casual menswear. Um, And I'm very grateful. I have a very large family full of men. And so I was kind of used to that arena, but never, never my wildest dreams that I think I would be owning specifically just a men's store. I definitely thought it would be mixed. Now, how did you come up with the name George Gregory? Yeah, so George Gregory is a uh, family name. It is my brother's and dad's middle names. Um, so they have always inspired me uh, throughout my whole life, just such hard workers all around, hardworking friendships, hardworking in a career. Um, and so That is where the name originated from. Now we've got little nicknames. People call the store GG, George Gregory, or I get a lot of uh, a lot of others just kind of mix and mingle the names. But yes, it is middle names of my dad and brothers. I think it's awesome that it's in Corktown. How did you find this space? I mean, right now, that is a very hot spot. Yeah, a very, very hot spot. And I got very lucky. That is all thanks to my mom. So the space I took over was the Greening of Detroit space, which is a nonprofit in the city. And they were there for 20 plus years. And my mom at the time was on the board and volunteered with them a lot. 
um, they ended up moving not far away at all. And when we knew that the space was, be- was available, my mom immediately <laughs> drove downtown Detroit and begged them for the landlord's information and to not list the place because I had been looking at that point for about six months Sure. Uh, and knew I wanted to be in Corktown. There's something really special about Corktown. It's very yes. family focused, um, just a lot of character to the neighborhood in the city. And so, yeah, I got very, very lucky with this space and I'm holding on tight so I can stay here a long time. So what kind of clothing in the men's world do you sell at George Gregory? Yeah, so it's mostly casual wear right now, and then it's somewhat expanded um, to, like, grooming products. I do greeting cards, a ton of candles now. But we're talking, like, everything in between from a relaxed Sunday brunch, casual office wear, a night out with friends. It is such an honor that over the years I've seen multiple customers get engaged in Mm. outfits from George Gregory. So that's been a huge plus. But um, I've also learned as as time go on time goes on and there's a hotel that just the Godfrey hotel just opened across the street so I try not to change my customers ideas of what they need I really am intently always listening to them and creating off our offerings that truly solve their problems so we're in the mix of a shift it will always be casual wear but um with a little with a little edge and with a little dressiness coming up just as the hotel expands and a lot of people are in town now for weddings and forget things um so yeah it's always ever-changing it almost sounds like this is a mission for you, that it's more than just selling men's clothing. It is. I really take pride um, in making people feel good. I always remember growing up and when my confidence was low, I remember every single person who made me feel good or gave me an outfit that made me feel better. And it is an honor to reciprocate that. I always I always call my biggest um, my, my biggest hoorah moment is just like the quiet smile when I'm out and about. Mm-hmm. And I see people in my clothes just having the time of their life or their confidence is high. And I just get to quietly smile and know that I was a part of that. Now, do you travel around the country, around the world to get the clothing? How does this work, Caitlin Riney? Ideally, one day I will be traveling around the world. Right now it is sure. just around the country. So I travel to New York and Vegas, sometimes Chicago. So there's these trade shows that you go to three to five times a year. Um, And it is essentially massive, massive warehouses of a million different brands trying to get your attention. And it Mm. requires a lot of research and time before it's just to get organized and figure out who you're going to see, who you're going to talk to. Um, And that expands that expands with time. I mean, George Gregory, goodness, in 2017, I think I opened with five racks in the store and maybe six brands. I'm now the store. I wish I could expand it square footage wise. And I'm over 50 brands. Uh, so it is a lot more, a lot more work to do these shows these days. But uh, it's fun to travel, and you you get a lot of close relationships with the reps, which is a lovely attribute that I just didn't didn't expect to happen. And they kind of introduce you to new brands, so it is truly a teamwork. It's so interesting. You must have a knack for this because how in the world do you figure out what's going to sell, what's going to look good on a guy? Totally. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I do think I have a knack for it. Um, I also spend a lot of time researching, and like I said, the community has been so, so helpful. I love to chat. I love to meet new people, and people are very open about what they want to see or what they like, Um, but I was always a little girl looking through magazines, fashion-wise, men's, women's, kids, all of it. Um, I just love the idea that look good, feel good, 
And if you can figure out your own style, it really, really does boost your confidence. So you opened George Gregory in 2017. It's now 2023. You're alive and well and thriving. How did you do during COVID? Yeah, that was that was a journey. I was very, very grateful that I had two and a half years or three years under my belt and had built a community that I will never be able to pay back for how much they rallied around me and kept me alive during during the dark COVID uh, COVID years. But I went online. I strictly went online when I was legally um, meant to shut down and dropped dropped clothes off on porches. Met people in the street. I mean, you do, you do as, as a business owner, you do what you need to do to survive. And I believe in this store so much that I just, my eyes were on the prize. There was absolutely no chance I was shutting down. I stayed resilient and just became obsessed with the outcome of making it through these years that everyone was struggling with. And it sounds like you love doing business in the city of Detroit. You have a heart for Detroit. I do. I have such a heart for Detroit. I say it all the time that Everyone that lives here is after the same goal, and that is rebuilding this city, building this city, however you want to say it, into the magnificent place it is, it was, it will be in the future. Um, I get inspired by so many, so many entrepreneurs in this city, so many women entrepreneurs, and everyone works together. There is no one left behind. What kind of tips do you have for people out there who want to start their own business, want to become an entrepreneur? You know, I I think just stay informed, stay resilient. Um, I always say enjoy the process, enjoy the butterflies, enjoy being naive. I did not know anything when I opened the doors. I was shaking on the first day I was bringing people up, and now it would take a lot to make me shake. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just have to, you've got to have the confidence in yourself. If you have the confidence in yourself, I promise you it will spew to other people. And the years just continue. I mean, I... It's wild. That store just turned six last week, and I can't, I can't believe I've been doing it for six years. Oh, it's incredible. Caitlin Riney, founder and owner of George Gregory, a men's store in Corktown. Congratulations again for being one of our 2023 Women Who Lead honorees, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Anne. And I'm Ann Thomas. Thank you for listening to Women Who Lead, and enjoy the rest of your day.